got that yummy, yum, that yummy, yum, that yummy, yummy. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm losing my mind in the quarantine. Yum, that yummy, yummy. I'm a... What is going on, guys? What is going on, guys? I want to welcome you all to the 32nd episode of the Paramount Podcast, guys. I am your host, Thomas Michael Para. 184 pounds of nails and wood and all that's good, guys. Basically, the same weight uh, since almost three months ago. But yet getting more shredded, getting more jacked. How? 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 Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next podcast, guys. But today, I just kind of want to show my gratitude for everyone. Kind of bring everyone a little bit up to speed as what's been going on as to why I was absent and just, you know, things, just life, guys. And I know being the carpenter of your life, be the carpenter of your life is what this episode is about. Kind of like alchemy, you know, turning, 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 what is it, shit into sugar, coal into gold. But here at at the Paramount Podcast, it is be the carpenter of your life. The hammer is the only tool that can build and destroy. For those of you who don't know, I am a wood framing carpenter for the last 20 years. Uh, so that means a lot to me, that saying, being the carpenter of your life. And uh, Jesus was the son of a carpenter as well, I believe. <laughs> Which uh, also, in a sense, means that he's, you know, God or whoever you believe in or whatever you believe in created the universe. Like a carpenter kind of does it all, builds it all, does it all, right? And I apologize, I'm sipping on a little bit of a pumpkin spice latte coffee that I've been really digging lately. And um, guys, we're just going to get into it. Like I said, I want to apologize. You know, it's been almost three months. I've just been doing a lot of things currently in Guadalajara, Mexico on a modeling contract. Um, part of the reason why I got up at 3 a.m. for the last 18 months and hit the gym before going to work and building houses. Um, is to be here where I'm at right now. And yeah, it's not ideal time for anyone, but uh, we'll get into that, guys. The Paramount Podcast is now downloaded in 38 countries. What the fuck? My gratitude is through the roof. Never did I think that was not even, I don't know, 10 months ago when I started this podcast. I was excited when it was in one country, two countries, well, obviously one country, two countries, three countries, five countries, guys, and now 38 countries. I'm going to rip, I'm going to ramble these off quickly just so I can uh, say, just shout out to these countries and the listeners in those countries um, to show my gratitude. So obviously we got Canada, Australia, United States, South Africa, Mexico, UK, Eswatini, Greece, India, Spain, Brazil. Netherlands, Philippines, Germany, Finland, Italy, Vietnam, Indonesia, Austria, New Zealand, Bangladesh, Qatar, Slovakia, France, Thailand, Singapore, Switzerland, South Korea, Ecuador, Israel, Peru, United Arab Emirates, Nambia, Taiwan, Ukraine, and Norway, guys. And we will crack 2,500 listens with this episode because we are sitting at 2,498 listens. So if two of you listen to this episode, (laughs) we're going to be cracking. 2,500 listens. The next milestone for the Paramount Podcast will be 40 countries and 3,000 listens, guys. I fucking appreciate every single one of you giving me your time listening. And I, you know, 
hope that I'm providing value. I must be to some degree. I'm always here to help guys in any way, shape, or form, fitness, health, mental, you name it, whatever I can help you with. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find someone that does. First things first, guys, um, I want to give a shout out to Megan and also at Brighter Brighter with Megan on the Instagrams who um, did the uh, graphics, I guess you could say, on the new Paramount podcast thumbnail. So shout out to her, an old, old friend since I was, I think, four years old. No lie. And the shout out to uh, Phantasma Photography for that sick shot that sh- which I uh, turned into a thumbnail, which I got Megan to turn into a thumbnail for me. So shout out to those beautiful individuals, two really good human beings. And you should definitely be following them on the Instagrams, guys. I'm also back on 75 Hard, but now it's Phase 3 Mexico Edition. And I'll do more on that on the next episode, but Phase 3 is a whole other level. Before we get into it, guys, please rate and review this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major platforms. Sorry, guys, I'm stumbling, I'm excited, I'm nervous, I guess. Um, It's across over 10 platforms, guys. Share this with friends or family or anyone that you think will get some value out of it. If you find value in any of these episodes, share it with someone, share it online. Uh, It's the only way the podcast gets out, guys. I don't make a single penny from this. Uh, What I make is friendships. Um, I give value, I get feedback, I build relationships because that is what the Paramount Podcast is, is the most underrated. Five star, Apple review, five star uh, relationship podcast on this very earth. And today is Thursday, March 22nd, which is not the dichotomy of Sundays, but it's been so long since we're going to have all kinds of... uh, dichotomy of Sunday energy flowing in and out of this, guys. It's probably going to get a bit funny, getting a bit light, and then, as as you guys know, uh, probably going to get a little bit dark and very extremely fucking serious. So, like I said, currently I'm in Guadalajara, Mexico, uh, here on a modeling contract. And, you know, currently with the state of the world, um, a lot of people are telling me I need to come home. I need to come home now. And I appreciate the concern and the help and the information, but I decided it was the best option for me at this time to stay here instead of returning to Canada for the following reasons, guys. And I just want to get this out there if you're wondering why I'm still in Mexico. Uh, well, number one, I'm working here, okay? It's my career. I'm not on holiday. I'm not going to the beach. I'm not going to Piero Vallarta. I'm not going to Cancun. I'm here working on contract. Now, currently, all of the jobs have been postponed or pushed into April. Um, We got a whole bunch of work. We're just kind of sitting on guys waiting for this shit to pop off. So I'm currently working behind the scenes in the back office. Uh, So when humanity bounces back and pops off, I'm going to sprint out of that gate um, and leave everyone behind who's fucking crawling, who's not doing anything right now. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Um, so we're going to get into it. Number two, though, since also another point, since my work takes me basically, uh, all over, all over the world, guys, that I don't, I really don't have a place to call home in Canada, uh, as of my very own to where no one else lives that I can quarantine. Um, you know, my brother lives in the Rocky Mountains. My parents live back in Canada as well. Um, but due to the nature of the jobs that they work in and such things, 
you know, for me to fly back to Canada, I have nowhere to quarantine. I'd have to get, I'd have to rent an Airbnb. I'd have to get a hotel or a motel for two weeks. And that's also, uh, <laughs> depending on what I can get, it could be a very expensive quarantine. If I'm paying to basically in a hotel for two weeks to basically quarantine, which is what I would be having, have to do, right? Definitely the responsible thing to do. And it's mandatory. So, and, um, Got to follow the rules when it comes to that kind of shit. That's some serious shit. And uh, also, <laughs> honestly, in all honesty, guys, I think that traveling back home at this time puts me and others at a higher risk of contracting the virus or any other virus at this point, especially due to the air circulation on planes, including airports, taxis, trains, buses, guys, that it's a respiratory virus. Um, you know, obviously we got to wash our hands and we can wear masks and things, but there's been debunking done by scientists who have been studying, um, I don't know the proper terms, but viruses and such things for the past 20, 30 years who say that, yes, we should still be washing our hands and wearing masks and obviously social distancing, but it gets contracted basically through respiratory, through breathing. And for me to get on a plane where they're now finding that people that are returning home are actually getting sick on the trip home, on the planes, through the airports. Um, when you think about it, you're all, you're supposed to practice social distance, distancing, but then you, you all meet up at the uh, airport and you all get on the same plane. And really, guys, it takes one highly infected, uh, infected person to, uh, could, could infect an entire plane because with... When you sit on a plane, guys, with the air circulation, there's no such thing as social distancing. You could have two people on that plane and you're sharing the same oxygen. It's getting recycled. So for the, for the health risks of myself and others, I decided it was best to also stay in Mexico, only increasing my chances of contracting it and passing it on to someone else if I was to travel home at this time. I also believe that if I decide to go home, it will be better to travel back to Canada if necessary last minute when there will be more masks, more gloves, more wipes, more hand sanitizer available because um, there's such a shortage right now. And also the longer that I wait to see if I can wait it out, there will be more resources to make it safer to travel and less people affected and essentially less people traveling. Um, I feel like the situation currently, I feel is better to stay in Mexico, as I was saying. Um, to, like I said, to return to Canada, uh, the longer that I wait, the better chance of there being a possible vaccine, and if not a vaccine, uh, which I still think is probably months away, um, and the bug will probably mutate by then if it already hasn't, but there will be treatments, medicines, um, possibly to somewhat um, fight the virus once you contract it, and again, less people affected by me traveling. So those are why I am staying, and also I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that um, the Prime Minister of Canada had released something today saying that if you are at all, obviously if you have any signs of sickness, they're not letting you get on the plane, and that it's 
if possible, to stay where you are um, versus coming home right now because they are finding that that are that people coming home are the ones infecting people. So I'm trying to do what's best for everyone, myself and everyone, family, friends, and just I think it's the, the smartest choice. That's why I'm not coming home, guys. Funny story, though, when I first arrived to Guadalajara, Mexico, uh, it would be about a month, actually it was a month ago today, because I arrived on the 26th of February. My luggage was lost, guys, for over 48 hours. I had no luggage. Um, and a rookie mistake, you should always pack a few things in your carry-on if your luggage gets delayed. For example, maybe some shampoo, some soap, uh, toothbrush, one change of clothes, change of underwear, you know, essential stuff that you can get through a day or two. I, a rookie mistake, guys. I've been traveling for over 10 years and I did not pack anything <laughs> in my carry-on. It was basically full of gym shit. And uh, I kind of paid for that because I didn't have luggage for over two days. Um, wearing the same clothes for two days, basically. And uh, things got delayed in that sense. Um, but I did get my luggage back. Kind of a long story short, I had to go to the airport basically 50 plus hours later and go in the tiniest little room through the back of security in the Guadalajara Airport, guys. And uh, basic, the secu- where the security guards have to go through security, literally. Um, to like the tiniest little room in the back of the Guadalajara Mexican airport, guys, that does not exist, if you know what I'm saying. And they wanted to take everything. They wanted to take everything because I had all these supplements in there. And they thought, I don't know if they thought I was trying to sell them and I was trying to explain that it was for me. Um, but so I'm basically sitting in this back room with uh, that, like, like the Mexican Al Pacino and the Mexican Robert De Niro. <laughs> like gangsters and lucky for me that the driver that I had uh you know could talk as we had a Guantanamo Bay because if it wasn't for him man I wouldn't have gotten anything and I literally got all my bags back long story short I paid tax on everything uh and it was cheap it was like 61 Canadian dollars and I got everything back so Things are good in that sense. Kind of funny story. The story is a bit longer, but I don't want to drag it on anymore. Guys, what I really want to talk to you guys about today is being the carpenter of your life, which is basically every single episode of the Paramount Podcast. But specifically, I want to talk to you guys about the current situation that we are in right now with the self-isolation, not knowing what to do because... Sorry, guys, I'm drinking coffee. It's kind of rude, but... Um, I'm drinking coffee and, uh, because I've been in this situation numerous times in the past 10 years. Um, when I say this situation, I'll get into it. But one example that I want to talk to about first is guys, Sir Isaac Newton and his isolation period, which was, I can't, I don't know exactly. I want to say, um, two years, maybe he was basically isolated at a family estate out in, sorry, guys, I'm getting messages, um, somewhere in Cambridge, out in Cambridge area. He went to Cambridge and it closed down because of the great plague of London, which 
correct me if I'm wrong, I believe started in China, which was the bubonic plague, uh, I believe, where it, it basically spread from China all the way across Asia and Europe. And essentially, uh, I think overall, killed over 50 million people, guys. 50 million people. And there's no vaccine for it today. Um, they do have treatments. It's still around, I believe, in the Congo and things like that, where there's a couple, maybe a few hundred people um, who have been affected or maybe died from it in the last year. I think I saw something in 2015. But anyways, like that is 50 million people. Now, we're talking over the course of quite a long time. Um, but when it reached London, the Great Plague of London, Newton had to leave Cambridge and return to his family home where he had long stretches of time to work alone on various questions that he had in his mind. And while he was there, he had a breakthrough regarding the nature of motion and gravity, guys. So basically, while the bubonic, bu, bu, bubonic plague uh, raged everywhere, Newton was in seclusion, guys, and basically embarked on what he later described the most intellectual, productive period of his life. And I feel like you're probably going to see a lot of this stuff coming out over the next few weeks and months about uh, people capitalizing on, on, on uh, self-isolation. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And uh, oh, speaking of self-isolation, I guess Tinder's on hiatus, though. <laughs> Guys, no Tindering, no bumbling, you know, social distancing. I feel like uh, we're going to all have to go back and listen to the, uh, I don't remember which Paramount podcast that was of Sin City, um, Your Mind on Porn, because I feel like the porn online porn industry is going to blow up now that everyone's in social in self-isolation, social distancing. Uh, Paramount podcast episode number 20, guys, uh, Your Brain on Porn. Now that is an unbelievable uh, just very informative episode. The stats in that episode blow my freaking mind. Um, and also, guys, well, I'll get to that. I'll get to that later at the end of the podcast. But well, actually, I'm going to go through right now before I get into this, guys. There's a lot of episodes in here. Um, it's basically being the carbon of your life, like I've been saying. So, through a time like now, when we got a lot of time, listen to some of these episodes or go back to it, like Paramount Podcast Number Three, boost your self esteem and your confidence. Which number two is kind of funny? Why men don't approach women anymore? <laughs> Fears and confidence and uh, fear of rejection, uh, which men will be approaching women even less uh, currently. But then obviously number four, uh, fuck being friends. Can you be friends with your ex, guys? But there's a lot of uh, I don't want to say self help. Becoming the carpenter of your life episodes in here, guys. If you want Fifty Shades of Greatness, Emotions and Feelings is a beautiful one for right now. Are not the same thing. Learn to distinguish them from each other, separate them, and how to empower yourself with them. Uh, I'm going to go through another one. Obviously, to Tinder or not to Tinder. <laughs> Episode number 10, guys. You will not be Tindering anytime soon, or you shouldn't be. Uh, if you want something a little bit harder, Something that you need a little bit of fuel. You can listen to. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna reference a few episodes here. Uh, the 75 Hard episode. My full experience of the 75 Hard program. The shocking 
truth about your awareness and the cone of consciousness. That is beautiful, guys. Loneliness, the silent killer. The stats in that are crazy. Deep water, please tell me no. Again, dark episode. Uh, it's going to give you that fuel, excuse me, from the dark side, guys. Um, you can listen to the top 10 reasons to travel un- unraveled, but no one's going to be traveling anytime soon. Obsessed to death, guys. 75 hard phase one, again, a dark one. Um, the algorithm of love and modern dating, that's not going to be necessarily relevant at this time. Uh, like I said, Sin City, your brain on porn. Um, shameless is a good one in a sense of um, self-shame, the shaming culture of today, which might be good that if you don't capitalize on this time now, you're probably going to feel pretty shameful once things kind of start to normalize, which is going to be, we're going to have like a new kind of normal, right? And um, honestly, you're going to hate yourself if you guys don't capitalize on this time we have now. Thankful as fuck, uh, which I made uh, around uh, Thanksgiving. It was actually, I think, Thanksgiving weekend. Thankful as fuck, guys. If you're feeling like you want a bit of gratitude in your life, listen to that one. The power of faith is beautiful. Faith is the most powerful, strongest emotion power ever. Learn how to use that. Self-slavery is a good one. Uh, The Down and Dirty with Tim Grover, guys. Uh, The Dark Side Returns. Tom is back again. And The Dark Side Part 2. Those are all dark, dark, dark episodes. Giving you the fuel from all the shit that people say that we're not supposed to, uh, you know, don't care. Don't don't, don't, uh, compare yourself to people or... Uh, negative self-talk and you know I believe in obviously there's a there's a sense to everything I'm not about to get into all that dig into those episodes if you want to get into that I'm gonna get back to this episode guys sorry I took a left turn but all of those episodes that I just named will help you in one way shape or another through this time it'll give you a lot of things to try and do and to use And listen to them once or twice because some of them, a lot of them, are pushing an hour long. So there's a lot of information in there. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions about anything. And we'll get back to where we were at. So Tinder is on hiatus, right? (laughs) That's where I left off. Next, guys. What I really want, what I kind of want to talk about for a minute here is um, I don't really talk about this very much. And I feel like uh, a lot of people don't necessarily know this. anymore especially within the last two three four years is i'm going i want to relate a bit of this back to the quarantine when i was on the first season of bachelorette canada uh back in 2015 um and then also when i was in bachelor in paradise australia first episode uh in 2000 and maybe seven eighteen seven eighteen not sure (laughs) but anyways point being is I was on lockdown, guys, in for The Bachelor, Bachelorette Canada, first season, 2015. For, I can't remember exactly. It was about eight to nine days, guys. I, li- I lost track, okay? And like I said, I never really talk about this, but I thought it was a good idea. Um, considering the whole idea, it was to make me crack, like to put me in this isolation for eight, nine days was to basically make me crack but I came out enlightened as fuck, right? Um, because 
they put you in this quarantine, guys. No cell phone. Um, no cell phones. No magazines. No TV. They took the remotes. They took the power cord, okay? Uh, no books. No paper. No pens. Uh, no nothing, guys. Absolutely nothing. Anything to relieve stress or to take your mind off anything was taken out of the hotel room. And I was the first bachelor to arrive, which is why I was in the room by myself for longer than anyone. And, you know, okay, so, and why is this? Well, they wanted, they say it was because you're there for a serious reason. You're there to possibly get married. You're there to possibly fall in love. You should be thinking about one thing, why you're there. And, uh, but really part of it is also that you put you in isolation, you crack when they finally bring you out and put you on camera. And for the very first night, you don't meet anyone. So I hadn't basically spoken to anyone for like eight or nine days until the very first night where there was the very first rose ceremony at the mansion and they bring you in maybe four guys at a time and those are the first people you've seen in like nine days, okay? At least in quarantine now, I've got my cell phone right now. I'm recording a podcast here right now. I can work, I can do things. I had nothing, we had nothing. No phones. I didn't, I didn't have a phone for seven weeks. No social media. I didn't talk to my family. My family didn't know where I was. All they knew that I was gone. I could be gone and they might not hear from me for up to eight weeks, nine weeks. And I, was, I didn't have a phone for seven weeks. I didn't talk to anyone outside of production for seven weeks. And I was in a room and I didn't talk to, I didn't talk to anyone even in production for eight days except for when they would bring the room service three times a day to the room to make sure we didn't starve to death. And it was crazy. I don't know if you guys know like Pavlov's dog and the stimulus response, but that shit is legit because I could literally hear the hallway in the hotel was literally uh, half a mile long and I could hear the room service cart on the wheel, the wheels on the cart squeak. And, and I could hear it run over the entrance of the elevator when it would come out. And I knew that from when I heard that elevator and those wheels coming, that within a 90 seconds, someone was knocking on my door with a meal. Literally, like Pavlov's dog, where you, he rings the bell and feeds the dog, rings the bell, feeds the dog enough times, and then he rings the bell and the dog salivates but doesn't give him a treat. That shit, that shit is legit, okay? What else did I do? I obviously worked out in the hotel room. Um, I had a little, uh, I, I found everything to work out with guys. I also took a lot of baths, a lot of showers because I'm just trying to relieve stress. Like what else? You, I had nothing. I had no TV, no books, no papers, no pen, no music, no headphones, no nothing. Okay. Nothing. Zero. There was a, I remember there was a, 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 a bamboo tree on my table. Right. And. It was funny because when people would, when, when production would knock on the door or whatever, check on me, bring me some uh, water or some food, they asked me how I'm doing. I would, I would joke like, oh, you know, I'm just uh, studying botany. Meaning basically inspecting the bamboo plant sitting on my table. Or I would say, uh, oh, you know, I was just, oh, it's 11 o'clock in the morning and there's been uh, 298 takeoffs and uh, 111 landings because my window faced the, the, uh, the tarmac. And I was, and they looked at me like, this dude's seriously counting the fucking planes? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just fucking with you. And, you know, and then they would sometimes, they would call the phone in the room 
to maybe set up something, set up a time for something. And I would answer it saying, Thomas's room. <laughs> like there was somebody else in there. I was basically entertaining myself in any way, shape or form, guys. Uh, doing a lot of stretching and all kinds of stuff. I actually found a paper and a pen and I started to write down songs every day from memory. And every day I would wake up, I would literally go through these songs and sing them, sing every single song to myself, um, just from memory. And over the course of the week, I think I got up to probably like 50 songs, basically my own playlist from memory. Um, I drew a blueprint of the room to scale. I stepped it all out. That's the carpenter in me. And um, <sighs> a lot of thinking, guys. I even read the, uh, I even read the freaking Bible. I had one book. It was the Bible. And I read the section on, uh, on marriage, which was ironic because I was there for the bachelorette Canada. <laughs> I read the Bible. I read the Bible. That was all that I had and my little playlist of memory. And, you know, when I got out of there, I found that a lot of guys were in there for half of the time that I was in there for three days, four days, five days. Nobody was in there for the same amount of time because I arrived very first and uh, guys were coming in every other day. And uh, a lot of them struggled with it, to be honest. And from what I heard after, I think that a lot of these guys <laughs> were, a lot of these guys were just like uncontrollably fapping the entire time. <laughs> is what they said when we when they came out of the room. But you know how you know you know guys are always joking about masturbation and shit like that. So, anyways, but um, point of the story is, guys, I went into this room. And I came out mentally stronger than ever. Um, that time in my life has changed me forever. I'm able to not do things, if that makes sense. I'm able to step back, pull myself back, and observe and not needing to do something. And when you come from a place of not needing to do something, then, because people are, we're always afraid that, uh, how can I explain this? That when we stop the motivation, so, okay. When you don't need to do something, because I'm the only one saying that I got to work out, right? I'm the only one saying that I got to stay in Mexico right now. I'm the only one saying that I got to work out, that I got to work, that I got to eat healthy, that I got to learn Spanish. And, we, and all these things that we tell ourselves that we got to do, okay? Now, I'm the only one telling myself that. You're the only one telling yourself that. You need to get in shape. You need to lose 50 pounds. You need to get shit together. But when you can come from the place of not needing to do anything, I don't need to eat healthy, I don't need to learn Spanish, I don't need to work out. When you come from a space of not needing to do anything, because when you need to do something, you're coming from scarcity. You're coming from a place, from a state within yourself to the point to where you're not good enough because you need to work out because you're fat. You need to eat healthy because you're fat. <laughs> you need to eat healthy because uh, there's a virus going around to where you need a strong immune system. You need to learn Spanish. You need, 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 need. And you, meaning you do not have already. But when you come from a place of not needing to do anything, then inspiration 
comes all on its own. It comes from a place of abundance. It only it comes from a place of not uh, needing to do anything or scarcity or a place of not having something so you need to do it, but it comes from a place of not needing to do it. Therefore, you just want to do it from a place of abundance. I hope that makes sense. But that's kind of what I got out of those days of being on lockdown with absolutely nothing. And we all get trapped into scarcity. I go back to scarcity, but I'm able to go back to abundance and tell myself, okay, I don't need to do this. I'm doing this because I want to do it. And then usually inspiration changes and switches and comes from abundance because I want to go for a walk or I want to get healthier or I want to learn Spanish. It's not that I need to. Um, I hope that made sense. Kind of went on a little bit of a thing. Um, but similar thing, guys, when I went on the uh, Bachelor in Paradise Australia, I was gone for, I'm not sure, five or six weeks. Again, no phone, no outside communication. We were just in a little, we were just in a lockdown of our own bubble. Um, like, and when you weren't necessarily going to be on camera, then you had to be in lockdown or you could not talk about the show off camera because they wanted everything to be authentic on the show. So in a sense, how real is reality TV? It's, kind, it's actually very real because you're not allowed to talk about the show off camera. And um, yeah, they can cut and, cut and make an individual look, look a certain way, but anything that they have on film, you've done, you did, you said, okay? And yes, they might make sit, set up situations to where uh, they might keep you isolated for a little bit and then just drop you in a heated, dramatic moment, but how you react is how you react and is real, okay? They don't walk in and they're like, you need to act like this. That doesn't happen in reality TV. They might set it up and stage it to try and get the biggest emotional reaction possible, but, you know, they might tell you to walk into a room while a girl that you've been sweet on is like rubbing up against some other dude or a guy that you're like a little bit sweet on is like has his hands all over some other girl in the house because maybe they gave him a little bit of a bottle of wine and and they and they and one of them got a date card and then all of a sudden they keeping you in isolation and you're wondering what's happening and then all of a sudden once you start to once the the couple starts to kiss they release you and be like okay now you can go (laughs) so uh, they do stage it and they will set it up like that. But 100% how you react is the person. It's not staged in in that sense in terms of the reaction, in terms of the emotion. The thing is that most people don't have control over it, their feelings and emotions. And we, and even one of the difference between feelings and emotions, listen to that episode. Um, I don't want to get into it right now because it's kind of complex, but it will change your life 100%. Uh, that's episode number seven, the Paramount Podcast, guys. But back to the Bachelor in Paradise, Australia. It wasn't nearly as isolated as the Bachelor, um, as the Bachelorette Canada. I literally went swimming every single morning out in Fiji, where we were. Uh, and I actually, the one I actually almost died the one day because uh, I was like a mile offshore. 
literally a mile offshore. Um, and a storm came. And I've probably told that story to five people. Um, yeah, I was scared for my life. I was thinking about my family. And I was literally out in the water for 90 minutes or more. Uh, I got stories for days, guys. <laughs> and The Bachelor in Paradise, Australia changed my life because of that. Um, because I wasn't actually sure if I was going to make it back. Um, there was lemon sharks everywhere, guys. There was eels. There were water snakes. There was everything you could imagine. On top of it, a storm came. And I was naive and stupid to not know that Fiji is actually very dangerous water. And I was a mile off uh, with nothing more than goggles. No fins, no flippers. And that was a scary time for me. Um, but I'm not going to get into that story. Um, but that was reality for sure. But I want to ask you, how is your reality, guys? How much, you know, how much are you willing to suffer to force yourself to do things that you know you need to do? Do the same thing over and 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 over no matter what, guys. You got to find a way sometimes. And right now, I think that now is the time to live in the darkness. Now is the time. Okay, how can... I don't want to sound dark, but there's so much power in the dark side, guys. In the darkness, in the shadows, there's so much power. And if you don't learn how to use this to your advantage, you will never get to where you truly want in life, I believe. And I just want to share this perspective with you. Um, something that I thought of the other day when I was walking outside, kind of before all this happened. And um, so, for example, when your perspective changes, right? Nothing around you in the physical world changes, okay? It's just the way that you see it is what's changed, right? Do you see coal or do you see gold? You know, is the glass half empty or half full or whatever? Um, so for example, when I was, this is an example that I had thought of a few days ago. Um, so when you walk outside, because I'm always, I'm always flying places, uh, new places, and I gotta learn my surroundings, right? And it's amazing to me that when I arrive somewhere and it's daytime and I walk outside and say I walk the same route to the gym or to the grocery store and it's daytime, right? And then it looks completely different at night, completely different country or whatever. Like everything is just different, different lights, different smells, different sounds. Everything's different. It's the same place or a different place or the same place but a different perspective. It's dark. It's the darkness, right? It's the same place. It's the same location. The only thing that's different is one was in the light and one was in the dark. So things look differently. You see things differently. The energy is different. Does that blow my mind as much as it blows anyone else's mind? So that's kind of what I want you to try and do is maybe right now, 
you're walk you're in quarantine or self isolation and you're kind of seeing things as if it's daytime. Maybe it's time that you kind of see things as if it's nighttime and dive into that dark place. Or maybe you're seeing things that it's maybe you're seeing that it, it's way too dark. Maybe you need to start seeing things as if it's daytime. What I'm saying is you need to change your perspective if you're struggling right now and capitalize on this free time because I always say whenever something gets canceled or um you know, I couldn't go into work back when I, back in Canada building houses or something because maybe uh, concrete wasn't ready or we're waiting for material. I get to go into work an hour or two later. I always call it the gift of time. The gift of time. The gift of time. I got the gift of time. I, can, I have an extra hour today to do whatever I want to get something else finished that I needed to get done. The gift of time. And I think that... I see a lot of people just wasting time right now. And not everyone, obviously, but even myself, I find. I got to be on myself every second of every day because I know how important this is going to be. Because there's a lot of people, guys, who are capitalizing on this time. Okay? There's people who are not going to get out of shape. There's artists, musical artists, uh, painters, photographers. Everyone, there's people out there working on their craft, but like tenfold, 100x, because they have way more time. I guarantee that you're going to see, there's going to be artists, musical artists, guys, drop making, drop making albums from this time that are going to be insane whenever they do drop, because they have nothing but time. The world is shut down. This is time for you to be creative. This is time for you to self-audit yourself. Self-audit and see where you are lacking. Wasting time and where you can make improvements. I guarantee you, the greatest of the greatest aren't wasting this time. And, you know, they often say, or they, whoever, like, don't compare yourself to others. Um... But do you think that the greatest of all time never don't compare themselves to others? Like, who are you going to compare yourself to? If you're the greatest, <laughs> or you want to be the greatest, you're not going to compare yourself to the greatest? I think it's complete bullshit, and it's, and it's weak. It's for the weak who say that don't compare yourself to others. There's benefit, I think, into comparing yourself to others. How do you even know who you are if you don't know who they are and you don't compare yourself to them? It's complete bullshit, I think. It's weak. I think now is the time to dig deeper and deeper and deeper than deep and deeper and deeper. Deep water deep, guys. The dark side deep. The zone. Now is the time to be fueled by chaos, okay? You need to learn to be fueled by chaos. You're going to have chaos. You had chaos every day in your life before now maybe smaller versions of it. And how you deal with that chaos, crisis, and if you leave it or procrastinate or if you take it head on and get it done first thing, will ultimately, I think, determine your happiness level and where you're going to be at in life and what you want out of life. I worked my way here the last 18 months 
lost 50 plus pounds again for the third time in my life. Uh, paid off almost $25,000 in debt and I still owe 18,000, 1800, sorry, 1,800-ish dollars. Paid off 25,000. If you think that all came from like sunshine and rainbows and not the dark side, to get up at three o'clock in the morning and have like 20 hour days, sleep three, four hours a day for 18 months, work out, work, uh, hit the gym and then go to work outside in minus 45, minus 50 Celsius. You think that came from the fucking brighter side of shit? No, that was complete darkness, guys. Darkness. Darkness. I've never given up in my life. I will never give up in my life. Ever. Ever. People ask me why, where. Where does your motivation come from? How do you have motivation? You literally would have to kill me. Because for me to quit. My identity, you guys, is so strongly tied to success, to perseverance, to excellence, to me becoming the best version of myself possible. that you would have to kill me for me to quit. I'm not bullshitting. I'm not just talking bullshit. I literally have had, especially in the past decade of working in the modeling industry, guys, one million no's for every yes in this industry. I Don't get me wrong. I've had a lot of success in this industry. But we don't talk about the past, which is why I never talked about Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise, because we talk about what we're going to do, not what we've done. I don't care about what I've done. I care about what I'm going to do, who I'm going to help, not who I've helped. Plain and simple. I quit, I'm dead. It's not, it's, how, 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 how can I be that black and white because guys i identify i identify so strongly with winning with success with not quitting i identify it is me it is me if you were to write thomas on the wall and then make 10 points the first one would be never quit and if you took that out of there i would be dead that's the, it is who I am. I have, there's no, the last time I had motivation, I don't know. I don't, it's, I don't know. It's been years. Inspiration. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm inspired to do this podcast and get back to you guys and try and help some people out, but we, I've gotten into why I do this podcast. Um, because I have the support system of a family that was given to me through no choice of my own. And I, know, and I realized that people in this world were not given support systems such as the family that I have. So I feel that it's my duty to help anyone in any way possible uh, because I have the support system. I don't need more support. I have all the support I need. But there's people out there that don't have support. And I'm going to pass that support through myself to them in any way possible. And that goes into me setting example, living by example, 
doing what I say I'm going to do because it's my identity. Plain and simple. When I was working on the uh, Tim and Grover last week on the Down and Dirty group, guys, Down and Dirty 2, Mental Toughness, Mental Warfare group. If you don't know who Tim Grover is, go and listen to those uh, two podcast episodes that I have explaining um, a little bit of the work done with Tim and Tim Grover, the Down and Dirty with Tim Grover, number 27, and the Dark Side Returns, uh, episode number 28, guys. Michael Jordan's uh, trainer for the last 15 years, Kobe Bryant's, Dwayne Wade's. That's a point, though. I would kind of would. Uh, that's a point I'm going to make for a second here. Kobe Bryant, guys, we lost. Basketball legend, life legend, hero, whatever you want to call him, an icon, literally an icon for good. We lost him and his daughter and their teammates in a helicopter crash. And now who's talking about it? Nobody. Because this virus. And my point is that life goes on and time goes on. And life doesn't care about how much good you do. Obviously. Because good people die all the time. So then why do anything good? Well, this comes back to scarcity and abundance, guys. You don't do good because you have to. You don't need to do any good in the world. Realize that. And then it comes from abundance. It's the human existence is to help out your neighbor for no other reason than just helping out your neighbor. Because at the end of the day, it's rough. It's hard. And Kobe Bryant is a perfect example of that. He's 0.01% of what other majority of people are going to do in this world. I would be so, if, like, the amount of, he's, the amount of good that he's done at the age that he was at before he passed away. I don't want to say I'd never get to that source of, to that level of positive impact because I, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking delusional. I've been told that by my coaches and everyone. So I really think that I can actually help that many people before I actually leave this earth, but for no other reason than just doing it. Because you want to be remembered, but man nobody's talking about Bryant now the whole world is struggling right now and like I was saying Tim Grover last week in the Down and Dirty group guys he was saying that he, how you always hear people say like, okay, okay, okay. Now, now, now is the time to get your shit together. Get your shit together, okay? Now is the time to get your shit, shit together. But all that happens is what? You just gather a big pile of shit. You get all your shit together and then you just got this big pile of shit. <laughs> you, just, you just gathered a big pile of shit. And then what? What you need to do is not get your shit together, Okay? 
You need to get rid of the shit. Get it, grab it by the throat, decide what it is, what its purpose or where it needs to go and get rid of it. Get rid of your shit. Don't just get it together. Don't just stockpile it. Get it and get rid of it. And it's unfortunate that now I see a lot of like kind of fuck it mentality. Um, You know, people that I've been helping online getting in shape, um, getting in the best shape of their life. Now they're just like, well, let's wait till after the virus because home workouts are too hard or, or, or I know uh, people that are just getting, uh, smoking more weed, getting more high than ever. I got nothing against uh, having a beer. I got nothing against smoking a joint. But to do it in that mentality of fuck it because of the situation right now um, is not a good space to be in, guys. And that will determine, there's basically, you're becoming a victim to your, to your, you're not taking action and you're becoming a victim to your circumstances, to your situation. It's complete bullshit and it's a cop-out, okay? And right now is going to be the determining factor for the remainder of people in their life. Right now, there's two kinds of people in this world. When crisis strikes, what do you do? Do you wait for it to pass, go into a bunch of self-sabotaging behaviors, and then come out of it worse than whenever it happened? Or do you become the carpenter of your life, become the alchemist, take a walk in the day, take a walk in the night, change your perspective? Which one are you? Who are you? And really, guys, all I'm talking about is being the carpenter of your life. Build your life. It's not easy at all. And I'm really just talking to myself. This this entire podcast, all of these episodes, guys, I'm literally just sorting this shit out in my own head. And it's helping a few people along the way. I'm just talking to myself. It's a conversation with myself. Do I have what it takes, no matter what comes? Because after this virus, the world will forever be different. It'll be our new normal, but then there'll be something else. Mother Nature, nobody fucks with. And, you know, I think about now in the similarities in the past struggles in my life in comparison to now, the last 10 years of falling at work, breaking my ankles, learning to walk again, surgery on both ankles, casts, uh, the pain I go through every single day. That's why I can't quit. And I, I just kind of, kind of want to bring this back to you guys. Like, I know now is hard, but, and maybe for now, right now, this is the hardest thing that some of you have ever been, especially if you have loved ones that are sick. Um, I understand that. Or, or if you have loved ones that are extremely vulnerable, I understand that as well. This may be the hardest time in your life right now. But for some of you, you have went through things that have been harder than what's going on right now. Breakups. Maybe your own divorce with children. Maybe your parents 
divorced when you were a child? Maybe abuse? In a marriage? Child abuse? Poor childhood? Maybe losing a loved one? I hate to bring up these bad times, guys, but or do I? Because you're still here. You, you survived. And you will survive this. How you're going to survive it and how you will come out of it will ultimately determine who you are. As everything does that we experience and go through. And I want you guys to come out of this stronger than ever. I want you guys to be happy with your life. There's two needs in this world for humans. Two needs, I believe. We are all, all, we are, why do you do anything? Why do you do anything? It's essentially because we all are seeking happiness, right? We are all seeking happiness. I'm trying to find happiness and that's what this podcast comes out of. And you guys listening to this podcast, because maybe you'll hear something that's going to lead you to, down to the road to getting to happiness. Um, and human understanding. The complete, when someone has the complete, full understanding of who you are, why you do what you do, all your faults, all your flaws, they understand you, they get you. That's when love happens. That's when marriage happens. That's when babies happen. That's when happiness happens. And I want to get you there. I want to do anything that I can do. You will survive this, like I said. How you survive it will be determined by what you do now, today, this very second. And you're wondering where to start. Start by helping others in need, guys where you have your strengths. And in some ways, it's a sense doing less physically, obviously, because we can't go out. We need to socially distance ourselves from people, but you can do a lot more from home than you think. Okay? One thing that I can guarantee you is once this is over and things have returned to normal, and that normal will be forever, like our new normal. But I guarantee you guys, if you let yourself slide physically, mentally, man, you are going to hate who you see in the mirror one month from now, two months from now, three months from now. Nobody knows how long this is going to go on for. You just will. If you let it slide, if you let yourself slide, you're going to see yourself in the mirror. You won't even be able to look at yourself. You're going to feel ashamed, weak, powerless, pathetic. You had all this time, guys, all this time. You'll hate yourself, and me included. I've been there. There's nothing worse than feeling left behind when people capitalizing now and have a head start on you. There's nothing more. There's nothing I hate more and hating myself for the shit that I've done to myself, guys. So I'm just going to leave it at that, at this, guys. Much love from Mexico. I love every single one of you. If you find value in this episode, share it with somebody. We have another episode coming up very, very soon. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of tools in it. 
and how I live my life. So stay tuned for that. And I'm just going to close it out by saying basically that old saying. I just, you know, I can't stand it when, 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 when I talk to someone just randomly or whatever, a friend or something. It's like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just wasting time. I hate that term. I hate that term. I'm just wasting time. It's a gift. You're given a gift of time. It's the one currency that anyone would, can't buy. People would pay billions of dollars for time. And you're wasting it. Oh, I'm just wasting time. Crazy. Crazy. I've wasted time. We've all wasted time. I've wasted time. That's why I just, it, it, it bothers me. It makes me sick. In like the bottom of my very stomach. Don't waste time, guys. Joke's on us, man. Because time is wasting us. It's wasting you.